Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast Episode 36. Some of y'all know this. That young people out there don't know nothing about this. Let's go. It's okay to dance. It's a beautiful Saturday. Cutting this off. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 36 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass. And thank you to all the people out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous. The thank yous are very, very, very important. And we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. I am highly caffeinated. I'm feeling great, even with the bullshit that happened on Friday night with the LA Lakers. Fuck Danny Green. I'm in an amazing mood still. And we're going to have a great, great, great show today. So let's go. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was, is one, it is one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time, of all time. It is called My Boo by the Ghost Town DJs. It was literally their only single ever released literally the only single that they have ever released um and it is it is just amazing it's one of those songs that you can't help but smile you can't help but want to move your feet a little bit you know what i'm saying it's just one of those it's a great 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 song it came out a long time i think it came out in like 1996 i want to say a long time ago 
And then in about maybe let's say 2016, maybe if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, um, it got revitalized. It got revitalized in the form of a, a viral dance challenge called the Running Man Challenge. And um, it's just that just shows how, you know, great a song is like a song that comes out in 96 can instantly just be reborn and everyone remembers how great of a song it is and how much fun they ha- could have to a song like that man shout out to the ghost town djs man shout out to the ghost town djs that is really one of my favorite songs ever and i think i chose the song i don't know what i was doing i think i was just cleaning up you know you put your phone on shuffle and you just play, let your music play my boo came on i was like oh no yes this has to go on the podcast this is one of my favorites I de- the song is really like five minutes long. I don't even know how many people have heard the entire version of the song. It's like a five minute song. I listened to that whole. I just stopped cleaning up. I just had to dance it out real quick. I just had to dance it out real quick. So I definitely when I after I got that rush from just that good feeling of the song, I said, "Oh hell no, this has to go on the podcast." So shout out again to the ghost town djs for this amazing song so now it's time for my favorite 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 segment of the podcast it is called bronx facts for those of you guys who do not know or maybe it's your first time listening to the show bronx facts is a segment i like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the bronx new york that people may not know that people may have never heard before just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is Co-op City, which is a cooperative housing development located in north in the northeast section of the Bronx, is the largest housing complex in the nation. With over 15,000 apartments and 43,752 residents, according to the 2010 U.S. Census, this extensive development contains 35 towers with structures soaring 33 stories high. Some former notable residents of Co-op City include Queen Latifah, former NBA player Rod Strickland, and even current U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. That is your Bronx fact for episode number 36. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shits. Our top topic this week, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm, and first, let me um lead you behind the curtain a little bit. Let me show you the... The, in, the inner workings of the show. So during the week um, when I'm like, you know, scouring articles and the Internet to try to find topics that I want to talk about or, um, you know, try to, you know, find thing, different things that I could bring to the podcast. Um, you know, I was kind of like going through it a little bit because it was a slow news week and not slow in that, you know, nothing happened slow in that everything that happened, it, it didn't interest me. Meaning the biggest stories of the week were uh, Donald Trump and his continuous coronavirus contraction and how he's dealing with that. And he's being very irresponsible, in my opinion. 
Um, and I didn't want to discuss that because I don't really want to discuss him. You guys know how I feel about him. Go fucking vote. That's important to say. Go fucking vote. Yesterday was the last day for New York to register for people who were not registered to vote. I hope everyone who could and was not previously registered did. I really hope you guys did. And now it's time to make sure that our voices are heard and we need to go vote. That's very important for me to say. Um, but other than that, from you know Donald Trump contracting coronavirus and him being very irresponsible with it, to uh, there was the vice presidential debate with Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. And I told you guys last episode, after the absolute dumpster fire that was the first debate, I would not, I'm not interested in watching any other of the future debates, even with Kamala Harris in there. I'm not interested in watching it. And uh, Donald Trump said he would not do a virtual um, debate, meaning they would do it like on a Zoom call or something. So they're, the future debates are even in more jeopardy. Um, and other than that, uh, Donald Trump debate, I think there was something about how, uh, the federal government, um, intercepted a, a plot to kidnap Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmer, but I'm like, you know, white's going white. It was a whole bunch of poor white guys who don't like Gretchen Whitmer and they tried to kidnap her, but the feds intercepted it and, that's whites whites going white so it's it literally i was just like damn like what do i bring to the pod because you know i don't know you know i don't really want to force something that i don't really want to talk about you know what i'm saying i feel like you guys as listeners i respect the audience and i know i think i can i think the audience can tell when you're not really putting your best foot forward you kind of just going through the motions so i didn't want to fake interest in something I had no interest in. So then on Friday, I said, okay, boom. The Lakers are playing the Heat in game five of the NBA Finals. The Lakers have a three games to one lead. If the Lakers win, I'll start with a, you know, big NBA topic to start the show. Um, You know, and I'll give all the love to LeBron James because that's my guy. That's my guy guy. Um, You know, and I will go and do an NBA uh, opening topic. But then, of course, because fucking Danny Green can't hit a jump shot to save his fucking life, missed the jump shot at the end of the game, and then Markeith Morris, who got the rebound and had an unfortunate J.R. Smith moment, threw the ball out of bounds, and the Miami Heat ended up winning the game. So I had nothing to discuss there. So then uh, I was just saying, okay, well, how am I going to open the show? What am I going to do as an opener for the show? And I remember... An old episode of mine, I believe it was episode number 15 or episode number 16, one of the two. And I had mentioned on it that I always wanted to do a longer Q&A segment on the show. And because I talk so much, (laughs) because I talk so much and you guys ask great questions, sometimes questions that I can only do one per episode. um, Maybe I could do one of these days a longer, extended question and answer segment for the pod so instead of dedicating let's say 10 minutes to questions and answers or 15 minutes to question and answers maybe i could do 20 minutes of question and answers or maybe 25 minutes of question and answers so i figured you know with all the lack of topics that were really interesting to me where i wanted to cover on the pod i decided to just answer a whole mess of questions from you guys um 
hopefully I don't run over the time because you guys ask good questions. And sometimes I just want to keep talking, 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 talking about things related to the question, but not necessarily answering the question. And, you know, that always makes me run over the time. So what I'm going to do is for episode number 36, this is the questionnaire segment of the podcast. I'm going to answer maybe, let's say, five or six of you guys' questions as opposed to the original two or three I do format. And uh, hopefully we could uh, we will have some fun with it. So I need to say you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. That is R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Neighborhood N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. That is Instagram. And Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood R-O-D-G-E-R-S. N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. I'm asking you guys. I'm, I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly for questions, comments, concerns, feedback, and constructive criticism. And you guys never let me down. So we're going to answer, let's say, five or six questions about, depending on how long I talk, um, from you guys. And we'll let's see if we can have some fun with it. So the first one says, do you mess with the horoscopes heavy? Are you into that kind of stuff? And what is your sign? I do fuck with the horoscopes. I fuck with the scopes, man. I like horoscopes. I like horoscopes. I like the Zodiac. I wouldn't say I'm like super, super into it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I'm definitely aware. I, I read my horoscope daily. I'm a Scorpio. Uh, for people who do not know, November 8th, that is your boy's birthday. November 8th, uh, Scorpio gang, notable people who share my birthday, of course, number one on the list, my baby, SZA, November 8th, Gordon Ramsay is also a November 8th Scorpio, and of course, everyone's first friend, everyone's first friend, the OG, Tom from MySpace, also has November 8th as his birthday, so uh, yes, yeah, so Scorpio gang, and um. The one thing I will say, though, the one thing I will say about the horoscopes and stuff that I don't like is when people use their horoscope or use their zodiac sign as a way to justify their shitty behavior. Like you'll see that shit on Instagram all the time. You'd be like, man, why did you cause a scene in the middle of the restaurant? Sorry, I'm an Aries. Like, no, fuck out of here. You're just a dickhead. You're a dickhead. How about that? Like you causing a scene in this restaurant, embarrassing people you're with or embarrassing yourself or, you know, causing a ruckus has nothing to do with you being born in April. That has everything to you with has everything to do with you just being a dickhead like that is something about the horoscopes I don't like. And I don't know if people are actually joking about it when they say that. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I, you know, uh, uh, blew off all your phone calls. I'm such a Taurus. Like, fam, you were born in May and you're just being a dick. So it's not you can't blame the horoscopes for that. So don't don't do that. That's one thing about the scopes I don't like. But other than that, I fuck with the scopes. The scopes are a good way um, just to get a basic framework of like personality traits between people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not an exact science, of course. So, you know, don't take it too literally. Um, But. Yeah, it's just a good it's a good way to get basic framework of personality traits in between people. Right. So you would know that a Capricorn is usually pretty demanding or some people would say bossy. 
um, a, a, a Gemini is a twin sign. So that means two versions of the same person within one, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like night and day. Um, you would know maybe um, a Leo is very uh, assertive, right? Very aggressive. You know, that's just the basic. It's just basic. It's not, of course, between people. You're going to find Leos who are probably passive. You're going to find Capricorns who aren't bossy. But it's just a, a basic framework of personality traits within people. And not fuck with the scopes. Uh, the next one. What is one of your craziest childhood memories? Wow. Okay. So I'm going to have to try my best to speed through this because this is kind of a long story. Um, it was the summer of 2004, I want to say, I hope I'm right. My mom had a great idea to send me away to a sleepaway summer camp and the camp was called Camp Cromwell. I don't even know if it's still there. It was in New Jersey and it was a, a six week camp. You would go weekly and you would uh, come back every weekend. So you would leave Monday morning. And you would come back Friday night and you would stay up there in the camp for the week. And the goal of the camp was just to get kids outside, get kids outdoors. There was not a lot of television. There was not a lot of electronics. There was just teaching kids about outdoors, how to make fire, how to swim. I still don't know how to swim. Um, climbing trees. You would do outdoor activities like archery or you would uh, you you would make like you would learn how to pitch tent pitch tents or you know just do outdoor type activities right and it was an all boy summer camp again I don't know what possessed my mother to send me here so in the camp you know there's it's boys it's all boys I think it was from ages 10 was it 10 damn I don't even remember I let's say let's just make it up it was from ages 8 to ages 13 that was the range of the kids in the camp and all the kids would sleep in different cabins. You would sleep in a bed in the cabin, blah, blah, blah. You wake up. You would eat all your meals there. Everything was provided for you there at the camp. So in the midst of the camp, you know, some kids are obviously, you know, it's boys. So they're rowdy or they're, you know, aggressive or whatever. So, you know, some kids obviously are stronger than others and some aren't. So I, of course, fell into the aren't category. I believe I was, what, 11 years old at the time. I was not the strongest kid. I was not the fastest. I was actually pretty short, like really short. You know, I was an easy target for bullying. Let's just say bully. So um, at one week of the camp, it was maybe toward the second or third week I was there. This one kid, I don't even remember his name. He was, I was just his target for the day. I was his target like his target for the day and you know kids f physically bullying obviously you know so he'll push me if i'm not looking he'll try to throw the basketball at me he'll try to throw me in the pool um when I, you know obviously when unsuspecting if i'm you know if i wasn't looking he'll try to like jump on my back make me fall and he was doing it all day he was and he was a much bigger kid than i was much bigger and I had like, I was going, I was so upset. I was so upset. Like I had such a rough day, but to my credit, I didn't lash out. I didn't, you know, scream. I didn't cry nothing. I held it down the whole day. 
So the day is over. I'm sitting on my bed in the cabin. I'm sitting, it's two sides of the cabin. So on one side of the cabin, there's about seven beds. And on the other side of the cabin, there's about seven more beds. So I'm on my side of the cabin, just sitting on the bed alone. There's nobody else on my side. And all the other kids on the other side, I think they're playing like board games or something. I'm just sitting there thinking, like pondering my life. Like, why would my mom send me here? Like, she don't even know what I'm going through. It's hot. I am not great at sports. Like, I'm not that physical, physically gifted. And I got these people over here bullying me and shit. Like, why am I even here? Why would she send me here? Like, I'm just going through, I'm just going through all of the motions. Now, I have to say, before that, remember, the camp is all outdoors. The, the goal of it was to make kids be outdoors. So you didn't get, you didn't get to watch television. Um, but every once in a while, if we were being good or whatever, they would let us watch television. And all the kids between 8 and 13, what do we love? Wrestling. WWF wrestling. Wrestling, as I like to call it. Wrestling. So that day, we got to watch wrestling. And I don't even remember the wrestler's name. I swear, I think his name was Steve Blackman. I think that was his name. He had put another wrestler in a sleeper hold and he choked him out and he won the match. So I just I just need to say that before I even tell the rest of the story. So we didn't get to watch television often, but when we did, we got to watch wrestling because every little boy loves wrestling. And um, I have watched a wrestler named Steve Blackman put another wrestler in a sleeper hold and choke him out. I need to just say that. So I'm sitting on my bed in the cabin, pondering my life, wondering how will I make it through this camp? Just at that moment, I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. I don't even want to talk to anyone. I'm just ready to sleep. Just at that moment, this same kid who has been on my case all day, comes over to my side of the cabin where I'm sitting alone. He sees my shoes are next to my bed. He picks up my shoes and starts throwing them. He starts throwing my shoes like against the wall, throwing them at me. And I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, just leave me alone, man. It's been all day with you. Like, I'm not trying to do this no more. It was fun in the beginning. Like, come on, man. Just leave me alone. He thought it was the funniest shit ever. He kept throwing my shoes. He kept throwing them. And I'm pleading, come on, please stop. Just leave me alone. I just want to go to sleep. It's been all day with you. He would not listen. So at that point, I was so angry. I think that was the angriest I've ever been as a child. So angry. Like I felt the anger in my blood. Like my blood was boiling. So he turned. So and I didn't even, I just did it without thinking. So he turned around to get my shoe that he just threw again. So his back was turned. He was a much bigger kid than me. So I'm so angry at that moment. I just get up. I do it. I go into a full sprint. I jump on his back, literally jump on his back like a piggyback ride. I put him in the sleeper hole that I had just watched on television. I had just watched it on television. I put him in a sleeper hole and I fall backwards I land on my back and he's on top of me and I'm literally choking this kid. I'm I'm literally going to kill him like I'm going to the way that I had it locked in like he could not breathe. He was gagging, gasping for air, could not breathe. My eyes are bloodshot red. I'm 
literally crying because I'm so angry as I had the sleeper hole locked in. And he's going to die. If no one comes in and saves him, I'm going to kill him. Like, literally. Like, I'm not saying that as, like, a exaggeration. I'm going to kill this kid in because I'm going to choke him to death. Um, And at that, I'm not, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Like, I... I'm not even thinking about the consequences. I'm not thinking about I might have to go to jail. I'm not thinking about this kid may die. I'm not thinking about none of that because I'm just so upset. Why are you doing this to me? So um, luckily, luckily, another kid just so happened to walk over and see it. And he started fussing. Stop. Get off of him. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not letting go. So he ran and got a counselor, obviously, because you don't sleep in the cabins alone. Um, he ran and got a counselor and counselor came over, got me off of him, got me off. The kid is the <laughs> he like he's gasping for air. He cannot breathe. They had to bring over the oxygen tank, everything. So obviously this is not a good look. But in that moment, I'm just like, fuck it. Send me home. I don't even want to be here anymore. Fuck this camp. Fuck everybody here. Fuck my mom for even sending me here. Like I'm just. I'm so incensed. So obviously this is a big deal. They send the kid over to the medical uh the medical camp and they send me to the big big counselor's office like the head the head I don't even remember the name of the title. Just the guy, the biggest guy who ran the camp. The guy who was in the most in charge, the director, I guess. And they sit me down in there and he comes in, he sits down and he looks and he's looking at me he's confused he's like why are you in here you know because i wasn't a bad kid i wasn't you know ever gonna be in trouble like that so he's looking at me like why are you in here and i'm sitting there i'm not saying anything i'm not gonna say anything so then he reads the note that you know the people left when they sent me there and he's looking at he says oh so you were in an altercation and you were choking someone right he read it like that and i'm not saying a word i'm not saying anything he's like listen denzel I know you're a good kid. I know your mom. I know that you wouldn't do anything like that just because. So either you're going to do two things. You're going to tell me what happened and we can figure out how to get to the bottom of it. Or I'll just send you home. And I'm like, and I'm thinking like, yes, yeah, send me home. Send me home. I'm, that's what I said. I just said, no, send me home. And I'm looking off to the side and he's like, no, Denzel. I want you to tell me what happened. And. I'm just sitting there. I'm not saying anything. He's like, okay. So he said, all right, I'm going to call your mom right now. And then I guess, I don't know when he said that. I don't know. I just broke down. So I literally start crying hysterically. I am crying, crying. Oh my God, you know, I don't know what is the problem. I come here. I try to be nice to people. All day, the kids, he's bullying me. They jumping on my back. They throw me in the pool. They throwing the basketballs at me. I don't know what I did to these kids. Like, I am, I am crying, crying. Like, so emotional, so upset. All the emotions in one, and it's all coming out. So, I'm sitting in the cabin by myself. I just want to go to bed. I had such a rough day. I'm just sitting there. I want to go to sleep. And he comes over. He's throwing my shoes. I ask him to stop. I say, please stop throwing my shoes. He would not stop. So, 
um, I, you know, we was watching wrestling tonight, and I seen the guy put the guy in the sleeper, and I just ran over, and I put him in it, and I wanted him to die. Like, I was in my full, I was so hysterical, so hysterical, right? I, but I, you know, I just explained everything that happened. So at that point, it's an admission of guilt. I did it. I admitted it. And I was fully ready to accept the consequences to go home and have my mom upset at me and everything. But fuck it. Like, fuck it. I had enough. I just had enough. And so I go, they, they, I tell him what happened. He takes the statement and he says, all right, we'll deal with it in the morning. So I go back to the cabin. The kid stays in the medical. The other kid stays in the medical camp all night. And I'm literally packing like I'm packing. None of the other kids want to say anything to me. They're silent. It's like it is like a silent movie in there. Like no one wants to speak to me. So I'm packing my clothes. I'm packing up everything. I'm, I know I'm, I'm getting sent home. I know I am. And, you know, I may get charges pressed on me. I don't I don't know. The next day it comes. Not only do I not get in trouble, they remove him. They put that kid in a completely different cabin they separated us from all activities together. They do not call my mom and I don't get in trouble at all. I don't get in trouble at all. So it was unbelievable. It was unreal, unreal. But I mean, I guess that was just a hard lesson learned. Like, you know, bullying is going to happen in all different forms and phases of your life. Um, some people will bully you physically, like beat you, try to beat you up. Some people will bully you mentally and make you feel less than but i think the the way that you overcome is just you got to stand up for yourself and i learned that that night in that summer camp i learned that when people try to come for you in any way you just got to learn how to stand up for yourself and bullies only want to pick on people that they know won't fight back so the reason why he kept doing it to me all day is because i wouldn't fight back so the moment where I had enough and I almost took his life away. Literally, it was literally no friction from anyone else in the camp. None of the bigger kids ever stepped to me like that. He never even said another word to me. It was completely over because, I mean, unfortunately, he almost died. But I literally just stood up for myself, you know, and I think that is that's the lesson. That's the lesson that I learned that night. So. Definitely a crazy childhood story. I could have had a body at 11 years old, dog. All right. That was a long story. <laughs> um, the next one says, what is the saddest scene in a movie or a TV series? Now, two of them, in my opinion. I'm older now. I'm at the point where I watch some shit on TV. I watch a movie. The male ego is completely out the window. If I watch some shit that is super emotional, I'll cry. Like... So the first time that I realized that like that is me now, I was watching the Joker movie, the Joker movie um, with Joaquin Phoenix directed by Todd Phillips. And the moment where he realized or you realize as the audience that a woman that he believes that he's in a relationship with is completely fabricated and it's a hallucination because he's so mentally ill and he's been alone the entire time where it showed them together on a date at a restaurant. It showed them together at a carnival. It showed them together in the hospital while his mother was dying. And you realize that he was alone the entire time. 
I almost cried in that movie theater. Literally, I almost cried in that movie theater. I held it together, but the tears was in my eyes. And by far, the saddest scene in any movie or television program is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Will Smith's father abandons him the second time. Fam, I'm going to play this clip. Try your best at home not to cry because this shit is, it is one of, it is when you knew, well, maybe not me, but when you knew that Will Smith was going to be a tremendous actor because this shit was the most amazing emotional acting that you will probably see in your life. So this is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Will Smith's father in the show leaves him, abandons him. I'm sorry, Will. You know what, actually, this works out better for me. You know, the Slimmies of Summer come to class wearing next to nothing, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, well, why should I be mad? I'm saying, at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I Hey, you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good attitude, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm-hmm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm going to have me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? Yo, yo, that is some real high quality acting. Every time I see that clip, literally, like if it's on Instagram or something, someone posts it or it's on Twitter, it circulates. It makes me emotional. Literally, it makes still to this day. I know exactly what he's going to say. I know exactly what the scene is. I've seen it a million times and it still has the power to make me emotional. Shout out to Will Smith for that shit. That is unbelievable acting unbelievable acting and he was really young when that shit um aired he was really young and also first things first rest in peace uncle phil shout out to uncle phil james avery the next one says what is your favorite sports memory i have two two memories i'm gonna try my best to speak on them quickly um the first one was in 2014 shout out to my guy anthony um, both stories involve him. That's my guy. Shout out to Anthony. Been the homie since 2006, holding down 14 years. Um, we go to Pittsburgh. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. In 2014, we go to Pittsburgh to see the Steelers play. He is a Colts fan, Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I'm a Steelers fan. So the Colts are playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh. We scratch our pennies together. We go to the game. We travel. We get a hotel room, an Airbnb, I should say. Um, We, you know, and we go to the game. And it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. Like, 
the stadium, the crowd. In Pittsburgh, you wave a terrible towel, which is just a yellow towel. We scream and yell and carry on. They have the big speakers. And in that game in particular, the Steelers against the Colts, Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, threw six touchdowns, bro. It was one of the most amazing experiences in my life. If you guys are sports fans and you haven't been to a football game, it is something that you need to do. You need to scratch it off your list because there is I don't think there's anything like a live football game because I've been to plenty of basketball games. I've been to hella, hella, hella baseball games. But the energy and all the shit that happens in a football game is is something that you can't even explain. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. That was one of the that's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. One of the most amazing experiences I've ever had being live in Pittsburgh while the Steelers played the Colts and Ben Roethlisberger literally threw six touchdowns and they blew out the Colts. It was amazing. And the second one was a baseball game. Um, Shout out to Anthony again. He was there. We're sitting. We have a rule. We have a rule. This is even before baseball changed the rules where they um, baseball created nets that go around the entire infield to protect fans from foul balls because if a foul ball comes out it was it was a problem where too many people were getting hurt getting hit in the head with foul balls getting hit in the body with foul balls you know bruised up or broken bones or whatever so baseball created nets that go around the entire infield to protect the fans so this was in 2015 maybe we have a rule this is before the net so me and anthony have a rule if a foul ball comes our way, we are not friends for that three seconds that it's on our way to us. And we are going to try our hardest to get that fucking ball because it's rare that you could catch a foul ball at a baseball game. There's a handful of people who have ever caught a base- baseball at a baseball game. So just as luck would have it, we're sitting on the third base side of City Field. That's where the Mets play. And they're playing against the Miami Marlins. And we're sitting there. And so a foul ball, of course, is makes our its way to us, to our area, right to where we're sitting, right to where we're sitting. We have good seats. So we both go up for the ball, right? We both go up for the foul ball. He gets his hands around the ball first. The ball bounces out of his hands, literally bounced right out of his hands and right into mine. Oh, my God. He was so fucking heated. He was heated. He was heated. Ball bounced right out of his hands and into mine. And I'm that kind of guy. If I best you at something, I'm going to let you hear about it. So every single time from then on, I bring it up. Any chance I get, I bring it up. So if we go to a baseball game and let's say that a ball is hit and it has no chance of coming to where we're sitting, and someone else catches it, I say, man, I know what that guy must feel like. It feels good to catch a baseball game. It feels good to catch a baseball at a baseball game, if you know what I mean. He hates that shit. He hates that shit. It's to the point where I told him, I said, if even if you catch a foul ball, and, but I'm not there with you, it don't even count. Like, I'm that kind of guy. If I best you at something or if I beat you at something, I'm never going to let you live it down until you beat me at it. So... 
I literally sincerely hope that he never catches a foul ball. And if he catches one, I hope I'm not there. Shout out to my guy, Anthony. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, it says, the next one says, what are some of your favorite? Oh, I'm sorry. It says, <laughs> got that wrong. What fictional character or characters do you think describe you the best? That's a great question. That's a great question. I think I am a blend between Carlton Banks, Martin Payne, Huey and Riley Freeman from the Boondocks, and Cornelius Fillmore. That is the perfect blend of characters. Carlton Banks is the best character on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You could fight me about it. You could fight me. He is. He's the best character on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Martin Payne is the is jokes like he he's a he's a funny guy but he like he's good at making jokes about people like him and Pam would always roast each other or he would always say Tommy don't have a job or something like that. Huey and Riley are the complete they're brothers in the Boondocks. Huey is the black power militant well-read brother and Riley is the ratchet want to play with a gun love the hip-hop music brother and Cornelius Fillmore um that was a show from the early 2000s called Fillmore and it was voiced by Orlando Brown it was a cartoon and he was a um a middle school safety monitor I forgot what the name of the task force was called but he would investigate middle school crimes and he would like get to the bottom of it. So those are the characters that describe me the best. And the last one, the last one, uh, the last question here is what are some of your favorite sports documentaries or movies? That's amazing. That's an amazing question in order. The last dance. Amazing. That is the 10 part documentary that aired this year about the Michael Jordan bulls. Um, Kobe Bryant's Muse is fantastic. That was a Showtime documentary, basically telling you the story of Kobe Bryant's entire basketball life told by him. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. You're going to love it. Um, Winning Time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. That told the story of Reggie Miller and how he just basically destroyed the Knicks in the playoffs and all the nuances that went into that. Amazing documentary. Vic which was the Michael Vick documentary about his career rise and then fall after he got arrested for dogfighting. Amazing documentary. And the last one, Rodman for better or worse, which is the story about Dennis Rodman's life. And that was a documentary where I cried. Dennis Rodman has such a hard life. He has such a hard life, bro. He has such a hard life. So those documentaries are great. If you haven't seen them, I suggest you find a way to watch them. You will not be disappointed. The Last Dance, Kobe Bryant's Muse, Winning Time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks, Vic, and Rodman for better or for worse. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again, guys, for the questions. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. I appreciate that you guys listen. I hope that this question and answer segment was somewhat entertaining i know you guys are used to the topics and then the questions and then the other set of topics but really like there was nothing for me to discuss so i'm scratching that off my bucket list 40 minutes or so of question and answers from you guys because you guys ask great 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 questions and i truly truly appreciate you guys i appreciate the love that you guys show me and the support and um, i look forward to answering so much more of you guys' questions i 
I tell you, man, it's the highlight of my week. When I'm preparing for the shows, I check the inbox and there's questions there from people who listen to the show or there's great compliments telling me that, man, I'm doing a great job and they really enjoy what I talk about. They really enjoy what I do on the show. It's really great. And I'm really I really feel grateful and blessed to be able to do it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, guys, for all the questions and for all of the love and for all of your support. Next on the docket, I want to talk briefly, briefly, briefly about music before I get into my NFL predictions. Um, There's two albums that I need to talk to you guys about that you guys should listen to if you're a hip hop fan. The first one is Homegrown by Smoke Dizza. It is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's incredible. Shout out to Smoke Dizza, man. That is a great album. He always makes good music. He's uh but he's an independent artist, so you know, they don't get as much love and as much shine as the, you know, the mainstream artist, but it's a great project and the second one, the second one, the second one, the second one. It is called Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks. Holy fucking shit. This is the year is not over. It's October the 10th when I'm recording this, but this is my number one album of the year already. Like, and there's been so much great music to come out this year in this absolute shit show of a year that is 2020. You know, we had West Side Gun drop three projects. Boldy James dropped two projects. Drake dropped an album. Amine, Nas, Amarni Caesar, uh, Action Bronson, ASAP Ferg, uh, Jay Electronica dropped an album, Royce the Five Nine, Run the Jewels, Tiana Taylor, The Locks dropped an album, Conway dropped an album, Freddie Gibbs dropped an album. But this album, Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks, is absolutely in fucking sane. It was entirely executive produced by Rock Marciano. Stove God Cooks is from Syracuse, New York. I believe he's in his late 20s. This shit is absolutely amazing. It is phenomenal, incredible. And this shit actually came out in like March. And I listened to it last week. It was the first time I listened to it. it. Came out in like March or April. The first time I listened to it was last week. I could not move. I had to listen to it three times in a row. It was absolutely insane. Please, if you guys love hip hop music like I do, if you don't listen to any other album this year, and there's been so many good albums to come out, please, I implore you, Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks. Please, please, please listen to that shit. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Please listen to that shit. Please, and please let me know if you loved it. Please, that shit is absolutely incredible. Shout out to Stove God Cooks. Shout out to Rock Marciano, man. Holy shit, that was amazing. And last on the docket, let us get into our NFL predictions. Uh, let's see what we got here. So last week was a pretty good week for me, week four. I went 10 and five. Pretty good, pretty good. I do regret not picking the Cleveland Browns to beat the Cowboys. I do regret picking the Houston Texans to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And thank God Bill O'Brien got fired. Thank God. Fuck Bill O'Brien. Absolutely. Fuck Bill O'Brien. Fuck Bill O'Brien. I, I do not like Bill O'Brien. I think he's a racist. So fuck him. And I hope nothing good happens to him. I hope he never gets another job in the NFL. 
Fuck Bill O'Brien. Seriously. Fuck Bill O'Brien. Anyway. Other than that, pretty good week. I messed up on the Philly game. I picked uh, San Francisco to beat Philly, and Philly won too. But other than that, it was a pretty good week. I went 10-5. and five. My record for the year is 38-24-1. Pretty good. Pretty darn good, I must say, if I give myself a little pat on the back. So let's get into week five's games. I already started off on the wrong foot <laughs> because uh, the Thursday night football game, I chose Tampa Bay to beat Chicago and... The Buccaneers literally melted down, man, at the last minute. They melted down. So good good job, Chicago. They won. So can't even say anything about it. But let us get into weeks five fully. All right. So oh, and also uh the there's gonna be a schedule mix up because of more positive tests from COVID. The Titans, more players had COVID early in the week. So their game is gonna be a Tuesday night game. Tuesday night football. And there's going to be another Monday night game. Um, the Patriots are playing in the early Monday night slot again because last week, big cousin Cam Newton caught COVID as well, but no one else caught it. He is questionable to play in Monday night's game. It depends on how his recovery goes. Um, but there's going to be two Monday night football games and there's going to be a Tuesday night um, football game this week. Um so, and uh, Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions are on a bye week, which means a week off. So, let's get into it. First game, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. Over the course of my NFL prediction, I believe I've only picked the Panthers to win once. Um, and they've won twice. And the Falcons are 0-4. Dan Quinn needed to be fired yesterday. He needed to be fired yesterday. So, I don't know what the dealio is. I don't want to pick the Panthers to win because I, I think the Falcons are better, but they just can't seem to win. Um, man. I'm, you know what? One more week. One more week. I can't get off this Falcons narcotic, as um, Bomani Jones of ESPN would say. I can't get off the Falcons narcotic. So I'm going to pick the Falcons to win that game. Next game, Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens. I apologize to Joe Burrow. He is a real deal NFL quarterback. But playing against the Baltimore Ravens, eh, I don't think so. They got their first, Cincinnati got their first week last week against uh, Jacksonville. And I in incorrectly picked that, but I don't think that Cincinnati will beat Baltimore. So I'm choosing Baltimore to win. Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. I'm taking the Texans this week because Bill O'Brien got fired. And again, Fuck Bill O'Brien. Fuck Bill O'Brien. He got fired. Um, and I think that the Texans will have a great game to show him that he was the problem. I mean, he did a lot of shit wrong. I'm not going to chronicle all of it. He got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, the best fucking wide receiver in football, not named Julio Jones. I mean, what the fuck? Like, he got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. He told DeAndre Hopkins that. He was a distraction and he didn't want his baby mamas around. He told him that. Meanwhile, he coached a whole bunch of other white quarterbacks with children by different women, i.e. Tom Brady. He would never, ever fix his mouth to say that to a white guy, but he said it to a black guy and traded him for a running back and a, a pick. And then he traded some first round picks away. So the, the Texans literally could win one game or two games this year, literally can win one game or two games this year. 
and not have a first round pick or not get the first overall pick because he's an absolute shithead. So fuck Bill O'Brien. But I think that the Texans are going to win this week. Um, next game is Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders. I got the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. Holyfield deserves every penny of that contract. The next game, the New York Jets and the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets and the Giants are the worst teams in football, to be 100%. And Adam Gase is another coach that should have been fired yesterday, along with Dan Quinn. Um, But, yeah, I got the Arizona Cardinals to win. I hope Kyler Murray can get back on track. He had a few rough games in a row. But he's, he's a talented player, and they have DeAndre Hopkins. Pittsburgh Steelers and Philadelphia Eagles. You already know the vibes. Pittsburgh to win. Philly is a difficult team. They don't say die, but I got the Steelers, of course. I'm going to choose the Steelers in every game, just as a spoiler alert. Um, Los Angeles Rams against the Washington football team. Now, Washington benched their starter, Dwayne Haskins, for Kyle Allen. It's a questionable move, but I... I want to say I understand it. I don't really understand it. I just think that the NFC East is so ass that Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington football team, probably thinks that he can win the division with seven wins or win the division with eight wins. So he's probably just trying to win as many games as he can now in the short term and uh, go from there because Dwayne Haskins has to be their quarterback of the future. He has to be. Kyle Allen ain't going to win you nothing except a few games here and there. So, I mean, I get it from a winning standpoint, but not from a long-term standpoint. Next game, Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo should be healthy enough to play this week. I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Regardless, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers to win. Um, unless they put Tua in, then that'll be interesting. But other than that, um, I got the 49ers, Indianapolis Colts, Cleveland Browns. Now, this is going to be a good game because Cleveland finally had that offensive breakout that they've been looking for. Me And they got my guy, Odell Beckham Jr. involved for a uh, fellow Scorpio. Shout out. Um, but dang, Indianapolis Colts defense is really, really good this year. But you know what? I'm taking the upset. I'm taking the upset. I got the Cleveland Browns to beat the Indianapolis Colts this week. I got the Cleveland Browns to win. New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys. Again, the Giants and the Jets are the worst teams in football. I got Dallas to win, especially after their collapse last week against, uh, well, not the collapse, but they just fell short in a big moment against Cleveland. Um, Jason Garrett is coming back to town, but I just don't think that the Giants have enough to beat Dallas. And uh, Sunday night football, we got... uh, Pardon. We got uh, Minnesota Vikings against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is trying to win MVP, trying to win the Super Bowl. He is the best player in football at this moment. My fantasy team is very, very happy I selected Russell Wilson. Um, so I got the Seattle Seahawks to win. Uh, Monday night, remember, we got two Monday night football games this week. We got the Denver Broncos against the New England Patriots. If big cousin Cam Newton plays... That's the Pats. If he does not play, I don't know. This is a hard game to pick. Because regardless, if Cam Newton plays, it's an easy Patriots win. 
if Cam Newton doesn't play, this is going to be a really ugly game because the Patriots' backup quarterbacks look like doo-doo, and the Broncos are playing with backup quarterback. Um, I believe his name is Driscoll. No, no, no. Driscoll. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, I think his name is Rippin, Brett Rippin, or something like that. It's it's a it's it's a dog game. It's a dog game, regardless. I'm still gonna pick the Patriots, regardless if Cam plays or if he does not play, because I just I believe in Bill Belichick more than I believe in Vic Vangio, the coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, the next Monday Night Football game is the L.A. Chargers and the New Orleans Saints. Now I said this two episodes ago. Remember. Tyrod Taylor was the original starting quarterback of the San- the Los Angeles Chargers, right? He got an injury because the team doctor punctured his lung by trying to administer a, uh, uh, a pain-killing injection into his rib. He punctured his lung. And as I knew, I knew it, Tyrod Taylor lost his job to Justin Herbert, right? And of course whatever if the better man it becomes a quarterback of the team that's fine my beef is this is going to affect tyrod's tyrod taylor's money in the future because if the chargers feel like they have no need to keep him they'll let him go obviously they'll release him we don't know if tyrod taylor will ever get another job in the nfl so my beef is a doctor someone who's hired by the team to represent the team medically can fuck up like that and literally nothing will happen to this doctor. Meanwhile, there's going to be a quarterback, an athlete, who may never make money again in the league. And I don't like that. There has to be some kind of check and balance system to where if you are a cause of something that went wrong, there has to be a penalty for it. Just like if you're a player. If you're a football player and you get a DUI, you get cut. If you're a football player and you get caught doing some illegal activities you get caught or you get fined if you're a football player and you do excessive uh unnecessary roughness or something like that a penalty in the game there's a uh, there's consequences but for these quote-unquote administrative officials then nothing happens to them when they do bullshit nothing happens when referees do shit calls and blow games nothing happens when administrative officials in the front office or the medical staff literally injure players nothing happens so i i think that is something that needs to be changed because literally like this guy career could very well end i hope it doesn't but it could very well end because of some dude who was supposed to be a doctor and fucked him up i just i don't fuck with that i don't fuck with that shout out to tyrod taylor man hopefully you have a speedy recovery and hopefully you can play football again um with all that being said i got the saints to win uh, regardless if Michael Thomas plays or not, my fantasy team, again, would love him to play. But regardless if he plays or not, Alvin Kamara is just too, too nice, too, too, too nice to be ignored. And Tuesday night football, again, because of the rescheduling, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans. I got the Buffalo Bills to win that game to get a head start on week six because of, uh, you know, I record on Saturdays. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. Now, if the Buffalo Bills play on Tuesday night, there's no way in hell that the Chiefs game is going to stay where it is currently. Because remember, um, if you play a football game on Tuesday, which is unprecedented, there's no way that you could play another football game on Thursday. That's just impossible. That's impossible. So there has to be, I believe, at least three days 
period or four days period in between playing. Yeah, no, that's a rule. I think it has to be at least four days period in between playing one football game to the next. So if the Bills play on Tuesday, then I believe that they literally cannot play another game until Saturday because that'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So I think that game is going to end up getting moved from Thursday to maybe Saturday or it'll just be an early Sunday game and there'll be no Thursday night football. Um, regardless, if that game does end up being played whenever it does, I got the Chiefs to win. Um, so let's hope I can have a better week this week. I'm trying to go 16-0 one week. That would be amazing. But as long as I finish above 500, I'll be happy. And again, guys, please, please do not bet money with my NFL predictions because if you lose money off what the fuck I say on this microphone, I will not help you recoup. So you could be mad at me all you want. Oh, my God, I listened to you and I bet. Well, you shouldn't have listened because I damn sure ain't giving you no money for your losses. So do not listen to my football picks if you're a betting man. I just love the game and I like to pick the game. So, again, please do not bet with my picks because I damn sure ain't helping you recoup that money that you lose. And that is that with the NFL predictions. Now, I know I said last on the docket previously, but I do want to talk about briefly the NBA Finals. Oh my God, man. Oh my fucking God. I'm so upset about it. I said in the beginning, I didn't want to talk about it that much, but fam, what the fuck? LeBron James has an amazing game, an amazing game um, against um, against uh, Miami last night. And Anthony Davis is playing. His foot is busted. He's still fucking playing. LeBron James had 40 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. Anthony Davis on a busted foot had 28 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. Kentavious Caldwell Pope played a great game, 16 points. But motherfucking Danny Bumass Green. Are you fucking kidding me? If the Lakers win a championship, he should not get a ring. He should not get a ring. There's a great uh, social media comedian named uh, Mark Phillips. And his collective is called RDC World. And they do great skits about a plethora of topics. But one of them they did was in 2016 when the Cavaliers won against the Warriors in the finals. He did a thing where LeBron was going around to the worst players on the Cavaliers team and saying, give me your ring. Meaning you didn't deserve this ring. So he would go up to a player who didn't play well and he would say, give me your ring. Right. And he, they would reluctantly give them give him the championship ring back. So if the Lakers end up winning, Danny Green does not deserve a ring, does not deserve a ring. Fuck Danny Green. I know everyone's going to say, oh, but Markeith Morris threw the ball away. And, you know, how are you not mad at Markeith Morris? You're mad at Danny Green because because LeBron James is dribbling the ball. It is about, let's say. 10 seconds left in the game. He's dribbling the ball on the on the left or the right post. He's going to do a post-up move. Duncan Robinson leaves his assignment and goes to double-team LeBron because obviously you would rather lose the game to someone else but LeBron. LeBron throws a bounce pass out of the double-team to Danny Green, who is a quote-unquote three-point specialist. A three-point specialist. He is wide open wide fucking open wide open brick straight up bona fide brick the ball was so fucking short it grazed the top of the rim it grazed the front of the rim i should say 
And then it bounced down to Markeith Morris. Now, he had Kentavious Caldwell Pope directly behind him. I, I don't know why he just didn't give the ball to K, KCP or shoot it himself. I don't, you know, he had a brain fart, I guess. But I am, and then he threw the ball out of bounds. But I am much more upset with Danny Green than I am with Markeith Morris. So fuck Danny Green. You can never trust a nigga named Danny. Any nigga that's named Danny, you can't trust him. You can't trust a nigga named Danny. Hey, Danny. Fuck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So the next NBA Finals game is on Sunday. And let us hope and pray that the Lakers can pull it out, man. I Let's hope and pray. Let us hope and pray that the Lakers can pull this game out. Because I know everybody in that bubble wants to go the fuck home. So, man, shout out to the Lakers, man. I hope that they can pull it out and fuck Danny Green. Danny Green, if the Lakers do win this championship, you do not deserve a ring at all. You do not deserve a championship ring. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 36 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Stay safe out there, guys. I hope you guys have a great week and a great weekend. Remember that black lives fucking matter. If you're a black person in this country, you matter. Your voice matters and your vote matters. Let's please hit the polls and go vote. Let our voices be heard. Again, my question to all you non-believers out there is, if black people's votes don't matter, if black people's votes don't count, then why are there so many people in positions of power trying to stop black people from voting? Again, that's an open question. If you're a non-believer, please feel free to hit me up and explain it to me. If black people's votes do not matter, if black people's votes do not count, then why is there such an effort by people in positions of power to stop black people from voting? And we can have dialogue on that. Other than that, again, guys, I hope you guys have a great week and you stay safe out there. COVID is real. Please continue to use the safety guidelines. Please continue to use the safety protocols to keep yourself, your family and your close friends safe from this COVID. COVID is literally not racist. COVID does not care if you're black, does not care if you are white, does not care if you are Hispanic, Asian, Native American, Pacific Islander, whatever, however you align. COVID does not care and it will infect you and it could potentially kill you. So please stay safe out there, guys. So now I'm going to fade you out with a great song. I'm having a, a, a little bit of a mental debate going on because I cannot get enough of this Stove God Cooks album. I think it is so great. I think it's so great. I think it's so great. But I have veered so far off my R&B closeouts. I veered so far off of them. And I and I, I don't want to do that because I, I like playing the R&B songs at the end of the podcasts as a, uh, as a smoother exit out of the podcast. You play a nice, cool, smooth R&B song. It's, you know, after I'm yelling and screaming for an hour. So, you know, I like that idea just to play a smooth, cool R&B song. And I have an R&B song here ready to play. But I cannot get enough of this Stove Got Cooks album, man. Damn, I can't get enough of that shit. Fuck it. Fuck it. You guys don't have to be mad at me if you were looking forward to some R&B. I'm playing 
Stove God Cooks. Uh, this song is called John Starks, again, by Stove God Cooks off the album Reasonable Drought. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 36. We are out. That's the best that I can do. Came from up north, them boys done scarred his head. I try to tell you that this life is not forever. These cocaine endeavors for this chatter come with drastic measures. Titanic diamond iceberg, shaggy chasing Scooby Doo across my sweater. The Rav Simmons Adidas came in vanilla. They like cooks, I never know, you never ever, nigga. Have my shooters write my name in cursive down the side of your Jetta. Have you climbing to the trunk? Should've wore his trunks the way that boy got wet up. The illest nigga never heard, but whatever. Now I'm ultra lit. This that next dimension paradigm shift. You can't move out here, you paralyzed. You got a pair of eyes, I'm tripled up. We mix tequila with the simple syrup. If I become an author, my shit gonna be called the whip of bird. Have a book reading, sitting around the stove. Since you wanna be pop, rah, get shot. Die with that ring in your nose. They fooled us with that bling bling and that gold. You sold your soul, your record label was leasing that rose. I only wear this watch on that jet, it's my plane rolling. I'm still balling like James Worthy. The early bird snatched the Holy Spirit out your robe. I'm a cocaine god, you a clone. A pirate copy, shoot the parrot off your collarbone. A merry hoodie's under Gabardine protocol. The condo countertops is made of bowling ball. Clock in my tow truck, they wanna know what I pull in. You know I made that white jump like Chris Mullin. Part in the footprint I left on the brick. A fossil of me is just a skeleton with Versace print. Make back curtains, no tent, bitch, I'm lit. They running plays out my book, ain't that a bitch? My highlight reel is full of wrist twisted. My shit different, 89, I would've played for the Pistons. You don't really mean that shit you rhyming, do you? The rental came packed with powder like ramen noodles. Pentagram diamonds, I do voodoo in a Subaru. The sixes is trip. My young boy said when he emptied the clip, he feel a rush like a blitz through the 2-0. I just threw my thick bitch out for lipo 777 on the FICO You know what's more important than throwing money in the strip club or bright soul I've been hot since we was watching Monday Nitro Chopper make you cabbage patch, I water whip a cyclone I go cycle with the white flow Your favorite rapper tell me that I'm nice